Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Good morning to, to you all this morning. And, um, to all those here in the assembly and to those that are listening online, we welcome you and thank you for your participation. Um, we are continuing on in our look at um, from Philippians, our look at the ancient, the ancient pattern of the faith. Um, and I use Philippians as one of the places we could go to look at that real, real carefully. Um, and I want to emphasize it, and I want to lift it up, if you will, because the ancient pattern, um, you know, we heard the word, you say ancient to someone, and they're immediately going to think about something very old, usually something very fragile or uh, broken up or worn out or... Um, uh, certainly not useful today, a lot of times, the a- idea of ancient. Yeah. Uh, sometimes we call what we're driving is ancient, or it seems ancient because it keeps, you know, having problems. But that's, that's kind of a misnomer when we're talking about the ancient pattern. We say ancient pattern because we're trying to say the faith once delivered. The faith, once delivered, now there's been plenty of folks trying to change that faith, but there was the faith once delivered and will not accept any changes in it. We are uh, trying to live up to the expectations of the faith and the understanding and the knowledge of it. The Apostle Paul holds everything that there is in comparison to the knowledge of the faith as as nothing but loss. That's how important the faith is. That's uh, what Nolan read today in the communion in Acts chapter 4. There isn't anything like the Lord's church. There's nothing like the kingdom. You can't find it anywhere in the, in the world of man or anywhere else you go. This is the ultimate life. It's the life. You know, we think of life and then we have the understanding that in our world, everything that has life will eventually expire and not have life any longer. The life is what we have in the faith. That's why it's so important and that's why everything else is very, very dim in comparison to it. And last week I spoke uh, rather boldly on the fact that we have so many different groups that are trying to redefine Christianity and into something that works for them, I guess would be one way to say it. 
with the emphasizing of some things, the elimination of others, and the addition of others, things of this sort. We just can't have that because the ancient pattern must be our guide. It must be who we are. We are part of the ancient pattern. And, you know, I know that all of us here, we have this idea that if the scripture teaches that we should be looking at it and understanding it, and definitely we should be in obedience to it. Sometimes the fact that we just don't know something keeps us from doing the right thing. And we've all been in that condition, but there is a remedy for it. Um, Maybe a little more time and a lot more study. That's one. Uh, We need to be involved in it. So we're we're here at uh, um, at the, uh, the idea on our our sheet or on our outline. The last point is all is lost compared to the knowledge of Jesus, the Messiah, and His resurrection. Well, I think that's a very important part, and it's also true. Philippians chapter three, just verse seven and eight to start with. <clears throat> How be it, the apostle says, what things were gained to me, these have I counted loss for Christ. Yea, verily, and I count all things to be lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I suffer the loss of all things, and do count them but refuge that I may gain Christ. And really, I think we should include the, the next part, and be found in, in him, and be found in him. Now, to gain the life, to gain the life that we're talking about, that's found within the truth, that's found in fellowship with the Lord and his Father, and the apostles' teaching, and the apostles themselves, as we read in in 1 John. To gain the life is to be in Christ. All else is purely, in reality, a, a loss. In other words, it doesn't compare. All things lost compared to the knowledge of Christ and his resurrection. Now, is that true? Is that a true statement of the, of the nature and character of Christians everywhere? The apostle is giving it as foundational here. But we have to ask ourselves, how serious do we take it? How serious do we take it? You know, it, it's, it's hard to put all things beyond this, because we live, we're surrounded by all these other things, aren't we? It's hard for us to do this. The way we do it, and the way that it comes as a natural thing, is to understand, of course, what it, what it really is, what it really means, what, it, what, what actually is the great benefit. And when we finally understand that, then we can say that all things are lost as compared to the knowledge 
of Christ, the Messiah, salvation, and his resurrection, and the life that we find in Christ. That's what the apostle's trying to say. That's what he's trying to once again proclaim to the, the, uh, the brethren in Philippi. Verse 9. Also, that includes the idea of being found in him, actually being in Christ, which, of course, has been kept from so many people that have an understanding of Christ. They've been kept from actually being in Christ because of false doctrines and false ideas that others have brought into their world. Verse 9, not having a righteousness of mine own, the apostle says, even that which is of the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness which is, is from God through faith. We're going to read to, through verse 12. Verse 10, that I may know him, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings, becoming conformed unto his death, if by any means I may attain unto the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained, or am already made perfect, but I press on, if so be that I may lay hold of that for which you, uh, for which also I was laid hold on by Christ Jesus. Let me read that last verse again. Not that I have already obtained, but am already made perfect, but I press on, if so be that I may lay hold on that for which I was laid hold on by Christ Jesus. I want you to hear that again. To be in Christ, of course, is to be under or found, if you will, under his righteousness. Not our own righteousness. Not, not that, you know, we're, we're good folks and all of that, that many call righteous or many expect church people to be good people and all that. It, but the fact is, friends, our true righteousness is the righteousness that Christ has because we are in Christ. Now, we can force our way out of Christ by living for ourselves, if we, if we will. That's a choice we have to make. But Christians are encouraged, here encouraged over and over again, to be found in Christ as it says in verse 8, and be found in him. That's the goal that the apostles have for, the, for, the, for those that are in the faith. And, and all of this, of course, is accomplished through the faith, which is <clears throat> it's not accomplished by our great abilities and our faithfulness and our, our abilities to read and understand, but it's accomplished through the faith. And the faith is the message that was brought by the apostles, and it's the terms of pardon that God has offered the world for 
for salvation, to have their sins removed. That's the specifics of it, if you will. And Christians must conform to the death of Jesus. We must die and bear the old man of sin as we obey the gospel. Why? Because God has required it. God has required it, and we must accomplish everything required by him to meet the terms of pardon. Now, those terms of pardon are freely given, but they weren't purchased at at no cost. We understand that. And even many folks outside of the faith understand that. But we need to be part of it. All this, that we may lay hold of the promise of God to be his child and be in his family and to... um, You know, I first had this realization of God's family from the actions of my own dad who was basically left with someone as a child by his parents. He never had a family except for the same woman that raised his father, his uh, biological father, raised him. And she was his family even though the rest of her family didn't think all that much about him. He, he wanted a family. He wanted a family of his own. And that's just what he did. He married his uh, girl he'd grown up with all his life, and they had a family, and he had a family. But, you know, it wasn't long after that. About 10 years. And my dad found out there was more to family than just what he knew about. And when he became a Christian, he never let go of that family because that was, that was really the family that everyone wants. That's the family. That there's the family that will be your family without any restrictions of time. So that's how I came to understand the importance of the family of God. And it's legitimate. Let's look at verses 13 through 16. More good teaching. Brethren, I count not myself yet to have laid hold, but one thing, one thing I do, forgetting the things which are behind and stretching forth to the things which are before. I press on towards the goal unto the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as are perfect or mature, be thus minded. And if anything you are otherwise minded, 
This also shall God reveal unto you. Only whereunto we have attained by that same rule, let us walk. Forgetting the things of the past and stretching forth to the things before us in Christ. That's, that's something that we do. But I can tell you that I had a hard time dealing with that, that understanding. I'm not even sure I understood it. Because it seemed like the past was always part of the present to me. But in, in the case of the apostle being a Jewish man, when he's talking about the things of the past, he's also including the law, the, the, the life as an Israelite, under law, under regulation, under this, and now he's living in a new covenant. That's one thing. But we don't forget all the things of the past we, because that's where we learn about certain things of um, of being a, a good person, if you will, many times. But many people never go beyond just being law-abiding and a good person. They're not forgetting the things of the past. That's who they are. They want to be that righteous uh, human being. Not understanding that it is only in Christ do you truly have righteousness that is worthy of the attention of the Father in heaven. So we stretch forth to the things that are before us in Christ. That's the key. While we're in Christ, if we're in Christ, but we should be in Christ. That was the goal of the apostles. That was, that was God's great promise made to Adam and Eve, fulfilled in his son, declared by Jesus himself to Nicodemus, for God has so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. That's the the mystery revealed. That's the promise fulfilled through the gospel, through the Son of God, and through the preaching of the gospel and of the apostles. The goal, the prize, is the upwardly calling of God from heaven itself. The upwardly call. As a matter of fact, in Philippians, I think the next chapter, it talks about having that idea of looking up. Think on things above. Think on things above. You know, if if you do that, you're going to have a hard time of digging in that same hole that we're in. That's where you're going when you're only in the past. I like nostalgia, but I don't want to be digging that same bad bad hole. I want to be thinking of things above, as, as the next chapter talks about quite a bit. The upwardly calling of God is to be with him. And that's a place we want to be. Be full grown. That's what that word perfect, that's a, that's a difficult word in English. When we see that word perfect, we really 
we really step away from understanding usually what it means. There's uh, three main words there for that Greek word, and um, perfect's not the one. Uh, uh, fully grown or mature is much better than that place. As a matter of fact, um, um, that's, that's what it says even in uh, the American Standard Bible. It uses the, uh, the Greek, it says full grown. To have a full grown, heavenly minded, to be heavenly minded, that's what a Christian should be and walk according, walk according as the apostles have laid forth for us to walk. As the illustrations given by the Lord himself, how to be, how to live, how to treat each other, and to follow the Lord's commandment. The commandment that replaced all that, was, that came before. Love one another as I have loved you. That's what Jesus says, said to the apostles, and that's what the apostles have declared unto the brethren. And so we must live. I'm going to read the rest of this chapter. Brethren, be ye imitators together of me. That's what the apostles asking the church to do. Imitate the, the apostolic teaching and person. Be ye imitators together of me and mark them that so walk even as you have us for an example. For many walk of whom I told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that there are that they are enemies of the cross of Christ. You see, the, the false teaching, the false doctrine, the strain from the faith was going on even within the lifetime of the apostles. So when I warn you today, don't be surprised. This isn't something new to us, friends. This is the constant battle. Even then. He goes on to say this of them. Whose end is perdition. Whose God is the belly. And whose glory is in their shame. Whom, who mind earthly things. For our citizenship is in heaven. Whence also we wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall fashion anew the body of our humiliation, that it may be comforted, conformed rather, to the body of his glory, according to the workings whereby he is able even to subject all things unto himself. Paul's really wrapping it up here. For the, for the brethren there in Philippi. With the idea that there's enemies of the gospel among them. But, but don't let that derail you. Because your citizenship as a faithful follower of Christ, of being in Christ, your citizenship is in heaven. It's, it's 
Sometimes I think we all feel a little homesick when it comes to that. Why do we have to deal with some of the things we deal with knowing where our home is? But we do, because many have before us also. We, we might get homesick. We might want to call home. Well, we can call home in our prayers. We can thank God for our home that we have, the safe and secure. But for now, we must continue on. And that's the end of it. Next time we'll, uh, we'll look at the fourth chapter. But in closing, brethren, Consider these things that the Apostle has said. This is really heart-to-heart teaching here in conversation. The gospel of Christ, as delivered by the Apostles, the, the, the faith once delivered as, as written by Jude. That's what we're talking about, the ancient pattern. Compare that to the gospel of men and denominational teachings, denominational, uh, um, I was going to say rule books. Some of them have their own rule book, but uh, their own catechism, their own uh, structure, their own this and their own that, that somehow sets them apart. That's what denomination means, you know. That's why we got our money is called denominations. So uh, they can be told, t- uh, seen as being apart. It's not the same. You know, a $100 bill is not the same as a $1 bill. That's the way men want to look at their various, what they call their uh, faith practices. And that, in other words, that's what they want to do instead of what the Bible teaches them to do. That is, not a, that is not something that should be happening. The gospel of men and denominations has only promises in this life, in the flesh. If you look at it, much of it is, most of the, there's many just things that are just spiritualized. When they don't understand it, spiritualize it and throw it out into the never, never, land of someday. That's not an answer and it's not helpful. But the promises of denominational teaching and false teaching is in this life only, in the flesh. But I want to tell you, it's a real hindrance to achieving entrance into the kingdom of God. And that's why How do we work against false teaching? We teach the truth. Every time. We stress it. We stand on it. There used to be an old saying, preach the gospel, brother, preach it. Hold it up that men can teach it. Hold it out that all may reach it. But preach the gospel, brother preach it. That's a saying that we need to remember. It's a good one. Not in the Bible, but it represents the pattern of the scripture. The teaching that we are to do is the exactly 
the teaching the apostles taught in the first century. I don't have to apologize for that, and I won't, because I know that it's true. Those would be my words today, and I pray they are useful to you, and we'll continue on in this letter to the Philippian church next week in chapter 4, which is one of my favorites because of the terminology. So... With that, we will have our song of invitation, and... Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.